the TV fans are taking over. This is Across the Airwaves. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Across the Airways, the podcast dedicated to giving weekly TV show episode reviews along with news and opinions on the television industry. My name is Dan Schmidt and this is my co-host. Hey, it's Nico. This week we're going to go into a discussion about next week or next season's fall lineup. So we're going to be looking at the fall 2010 TV schedule and some of the pilots that Dan and I think we're going to check out when the new season starts. Right. And the big thing about this week is keep an eye on your ACC feed. Basically, past couple episodes that you guys have seen, they have been divided into segments based on shows. This week it's going to be a little bit different. Basically, when I mention a new show that's coming out, such as NBC's The Event, there will be a link that will probably flash across your ACC feed for the 30 seconds or a minute that we talk about each of those shows. So that's when you're going to click on it. And what that link will do is it'll lead you to either NBC's website, TV.com, a place like that that'll give you more information about that show and possibly a trailer. So that's how it's going to work. Just keep your eye on the ACC because it's going to be constantly changing. There's just going to be a bunch of different links for a bunch of different shows. That's going to be the best way for all of you to find out about these new shows and what's going on. We're going to kind of give you a brief overview and some opinions on it, but for you to get more background, definitely I recommend clicking on these links in the ACC feed. Also, if you're on the regular standard podcast, I'm going to put up in the blog post for this episode the list of links to all the new shows that we're talking about in this episode. So if you're not on ACC, don't worry about it. You'll be able to catch up through the, the posts for this podcast that we'll have on the website. So without further ado, let's get things started on the 2010 fall TV schedule that I'm pretty pumped up for. And first off, we've got Monday Night, which is somewhat similar to what we've seen before. Chuck, of course, is back at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 Eastern. And I'm very glad that that show's back. It's a lot of fun. It's got something for everybody. It's totally worth watching. Another show that's got something for everybody that's back at its 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock spot is Castle on ABC. And I'm very excited that both of these shows are back. And if you haven't been watching these shows, you definitely need to check them out. They've got something for everybody. They're a ton of fun. Great lead actors in Zachary Levi and Nathan Fillon. Just a lot of fun shows. It makes Monday night, well, the grind of Monday during the day, so much better at night with these fun shows that make you laugh and cheer. And they're just a great time. So I'm glad those are back. I'm glad my Monday night is pretty much staying the same. Well, we've got some new shows coming into Monday night. We have The Event, which will be on After Chuck at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. That is going to be a flash-forward-like show. It doesn't say that, but that's the gist of it I'm getting from what I read. And it's going to involve the assassination of the president. It's going to be written, he's, he's involved in the show, 
Evan Katz, who's a big writer for 24, in the earlier seasons is going to be involved with that show. The thing about this, though, it sounds very similar to 24. So I don't know how interested people are going to be, because I think the 24th thing has gotten old with it being canceled and everything like that. We also got a show that I'm not really interested in watching, Nico. You can talk about it if you're interested. They got a show called Lone Star coming in, which is basically an updated version of the old TV show Dallas. And it's just going to be a drama. I don't know about that. Then we've got Chase, which is going to be a show about a female U.S. Marshal hunting down criminals. So it's basically going to be a female version of Tommy Lee Jones's character in U.S. Marshals and the Fugitive hunting down dangerous criminals. And that will be produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. It also has a lot of people involved in it from Cold Case and CSI. So it's just going to be a basic police procedure show. That could be interesting. And the other one that's coming out is Hawaii Five O. And if you know your TV history, you probably already know about this show. But the gist of it is basically going to be a cop who left Hawaii. His father gets killed. And he comes back to Hawaii to be a police officer. And he's set up with a task force of police officers to help him hunt down his father's killer and stop other bad guys. So, Nico, what's your opinion on Monday Night? And which of these pilots are you going to be checking out? Sure. I'm going to run through uh, a little bit on each show, and then I'll tell you which ones I'm going to be checking out. All right. So, so the event is billed as an emotionally high-octane conspiracy thriller. That's directly off of NBC's right. website. That follows Sean Walker, who's played by Jason Ritter, who I'm a fan of. And he plays an everyman who investigates the mysterious disappearance of his fiancée, played by Sarah Romer from Disturbia. And he unwittingly discovers a huge conspiracy, probably the largest in U.S. history. Now, remember when I said that shows would try and follow the Lost formula and, and sometimes to limited success? Well, this show has the potential to fall prey to that problem. However, if they've learned from Lost and use that formula correctly and get us interested in the characters and use some of the plot devices, such as flashbacks or flash-forwards, any of those gimmicks, you might call them, and don't fall prey to the flash-forward too much, too fast, answering our questions too soon problems that flash got flash-forward canceled, this could be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. You said you were not so interested in Lone Star, which you, you kind of posed as a Dallas remake. Yeah, that's what I, I took it as in my mind when I, when I read it. Oil yeah. tycoons and things like that felt just like Dallas. Yeah, I can see that. This show looks like it has some serious potential for people who like the con man uh, genre. Okay. James Wolk is a, is a newcomer to big-time network TV. But he's, his supporting cast of veterans include John Boyd, Andrea Palicki from Friday Night Lights, and Eloise Mumford from Mercy, Law & Order, SVU. So he's got some support there. Some of the brother-in-laws have done some, some major TV work as well. Ultimately, this show's success will ride on whether we believe that the Bob Robert main character could actually pull off this double lives thing. And... Like any con movie or con show, it'll all come down to the twist at the end to, to see if it's a good con. Chase, I, I watched the trailer for this pilot, and I have to say this show looks like action for the, action for the sake of action. I'm not psyched about it at all, and the dialogue in the trailer is terrible. 
it seems to me to be poorly written. And um, I think I'll pass on that one. Now, Hawaii Five O. It's going to be a reimagination of the classic 1968 to 1980 series. I had to look that up. I didn't know that off the top of my head. But this show looks like it'll be action-packed, funny, well-written, and loads of fun to watch. Now, it's not going to just be action for the sake of action, which was my problem with Chase. Rather, it's going to be action in a dramatic sense. Now, Grace Parker in a bikini, you can sign me up for that. Because I think she was the sexiest Cylon in the Battlestar series, not not everybody's favorite six. Indeed, the star power of this show is is going to be what really catches people's attention to begin with. Yeah. We got Alex Lachlan from Moonlight and Three Rivers, Grace Park, as I mentioned, from Battlestar, Daniel Day Kim from Lost, and Scott Kane from Entourage and the Ocean's movies. I can't wait to see. Dano, Chino, and Kono back on the small screen. This is going to be in the watch column for me. And just to be cheesy as all heck, book them, Dano. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. I didn't mean to cut you off. But Monday looks like pretty solid this, this fall. And it's going to be extremely difficult for me to find study time on Monday night. I think I'll be adding the event and Hawaii Five O to my Monday lineup of Chuck, How I Met Your Mother, and Castle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm totally with that. I'm really pumped for Hawaii Five-0. Again, I'm going to be probably watching this show on my DVR, because I'm going to be probably watching Castle first. I'm into Castle. I really like Nathan Fillon. So I'm going to probably watch them live if I'm watching TV Live, and Hawaii Five-0 is going to be on the DVR. But I'll guarantee you, that'll be the first one I'm watching on that DVR. It looks really exciting. looks like a ton of fun. They've got the star power, Scott Todd, who's for the Ocean series, Grace Park coming in. I'm just really excited about this. And there's also James Marsters is casted as the lead character's nemesis. So he may be having a reoccurring role on there, which is cool. I've always enjoyed him as Spike and Brainiac on Smallville, and he's just a great actor. So I'm really excited to see him come in as this major villain. Who's the main character's nemesis? I know he's going to for sure be in the pilot, and I can't wait to see him there too. And the fact that they've got these big actors—that sounds like a solid show that they've got a lot of faith in it. So it should be really great. I know remakes are kind of iffy, but it should be really good. As for the event, I'm going to give it a watch. I don't know where it's going to go. It could get really lame or slow, like flash forward, or get a little complicated, like Heroes. Hopefully, NBC's learned their lesson on these things, and hopefully, they checked out Flash Forward. I'd also use Lost as reference for the show, because it seems like it's going to be really good and really interesting. Absolutely. We're going to move on to Tuesday. And Tuesday, as the, se- as the fall season starts out, there's not going to be a whole lot to watch. One for sure I'm going to check out is No Ordinary Family, which may fill the void that Smallville is going to leave behind for me at the end of that season. And basically the show, it's very similar. I keep telling people it's like a live action version of The Incredibles. I think it's gonna be a little more serious. It's gonna be more of a drama than The Incredibles. But it's about a family who grades superpowers, kind of in a very similar circumstance as the Fantastic Four. And it really looks interesting. And they, what drew me to it even more is the former executive producers 
on Smallville for season eight and longtime writers Todd Slavin and Darren Swimmer are going to be involved in it. And they've written some pretty solid episodes of Smallville. So I'm very excited that they're involved. They're going to be a part of the show. It adds the substance to it. We also got Michael Chiklis, who some of you know from The Shield. Others of you know as the thing for the Fantastic Four movie. The Fantastic Four movies aren't very good. He was the best part of those movies. I really enjoyed him being in it. So I'm excited that he's on the show, and he's a big superhero fan. So I think he's going to make it work, and I think he's going to make it believable. And I think he's just going to try to make it a fun experience for all of us to watch. They also have Julie Benz, who was on Dexter as Dexter's girlfriend for quite a bit of time on that show. And she was also Darla on Buffy and Angel, for those of you reading fans out there. And I really enjoyed her on both of those programs. I think she's going to add substance to the show. And we'll see where it goes. My fear in the back of my head is that it's going to get complicated like Heroes. But as long as they stick to the idea of this is a show about people who happen to have superpowers, I think it'll be a solid show. It'll be really enjoyable. And I really like the trailer for it. It got me excited. So we'll see where this thing goes. But I'm definitely going to be checking this out because the superhero fan and Superman fan in me is really excited to check it out. Nico, what, what do you think of Noah Early Family? Uh, I'm really excited about it. You said it was it's being billed as a live-action Incredibles, and that, that really excites me. And I think you're right, it's going to be a little more dramatic, where Incredibles was more of a comedy. Yeah. But I'm hopeful that this is going to be like Heroes was in the first year, the first season, like we talked about last week. It was a solid show, a lot of, a lot of good character development, and really got us excited in the genre. I'm really excited about the potential here. I think everything you said is, is dead on. It has a great cast. Michael Chiklis from The Commish, The Shield, and Fantastic Four, as you mentioned, plays the main main character, the father, and he's a great pick to lead a family of heroes. Julie Benz playing the mother from Angel, Buffy, Dexter, and actually even Supernatural. I don't know if you remembered that. Right. She's extremely sexy for a 68-year-old and definitely one of my celebrity crushes. <laughs> I, I think that this show has potential as long as it doesn't fall into the pitfalls that Heroes fell for. And turns from Heroes went from being, like we discussed last week, 13 million viewers early on to struggling to get 3 million viewers by the end. And that had a lot to do with the writing and the direction the show went, and I hope this show does not fall prey to some of those pitfalls. If it does, then it's going to go the way the heroes want. If it can avoid those, I think this looks like a show that could have a long run. Well, I think what's going to help this show is the fact that all the, the powered characters are a family. They have to interact with each other. Yes. There's no way around that, and that was kind of a pitfall in Heroes, because none of the characters really had reasons to talk to each other or work with each other and it sometimes felt kind of forced and this right here is their family simple easy to understand why these people would be talking with each other and working together and i really like some of the ideas on the powers i was kind of unclear on what the son's powers is the daughter's powers interest me because she's a mind reader in high school and the potential for stories you can write about that concept is very interesting, and I'm excited to see where that goes. Because I feel like we're going to have aspects of Heroes and Smallville in the early seasons when 
Clark was in high school, I think we're going to get to see both of those types of stories every week. So I'm excited to see where that goes. It's going to be very interesting. I think the son's powers are not revealed in the trailer. He just insists that he's the same as he was. So I think it's going to be an interesting first or second episode where we figure out what actually his powers are. And he could be the most powerful one out of all that. We'll see where that goes. The other topic we've got a uh, discussion about Tuesday night is V is not coming back till November. And that kind of scares me a little bit. That makes me feel like that ABC's not happy with what's going on with that show and what they're doing, and they're giving them extra time to kind of clean up their mess because they're on the chopping block for their second season. So I don't know what that means. And either that or ABC has so much faith in it, they're holding off on it to really just blow Tuesday nights out of the water compared to the other networks. I don't know. Yeah, that news is really disappointing to me. I'm afraid that, like you said, it's going to lose some of its momentum it's been building this spring. And it's going to it's going to be tough to capture that audience again when it comes in halfway through the season and everybody's already got their TV lineup set. Are they going to be able to break back into Tuesday night and dominate Tuesday night? I don't know. That's That's where I'm worried. I think so, too. Now, the talk is they're going to pair it with No Ordinary Family to get those viewers to stick around and continue watching V. But I, I don't know if it's going to be enough. But the problem with V is it lost a lot of people when it showed four episodes and then waited till the spring to come back. And now they're making people wait till November. I don't know. I think ABC's, they're, they're not handling the timeline with V very well. Uh, when it should be on and things like that. Exactly. This is a bad move by ABC. Yeah, and I worry that they're kind of thinking this because Flash Forward didn't work out for them. So they're scared that this type of genre is not going to work so well for their network. Especially with No Ordinary Family being on Tuesday. Because I initially thought that it was going to be on Thursday replacing Flash Forward, and they didn't do that. I don't know what that's about. I don't know if they're scared of programming on Thursday night, which we'll get into later, or what it is. But it's interesting that ABC is putting these shows on Tuesday, which is pretty its pretty a wide-open night. There's nothing really to compete with. But Fringe did very well in the same time slot that No Ordinary Family will be on on Tuesday night. So they really could dominate. It could be really a great show. We're going to move on to Wednesday night. We're going to talk about a new show coming in to Wednesday night, which I'm kind of interested in. I have not watched the trailer for this. Nico, maybe you can give us some more insight on it. But we've got a new show coming out called Undercovers, which is basically a show. It's about two spies who meet, fall in love, and decide to retire from the business to get married. And what happens is one of their friends, years later, one of their friends goes missing. They used to work with them in the CIA. So as a couple, they get back into their life as CIA agents and kind of have this dual life of being caterers and then fighting as spies and things like that. And there's an actress, I'm going to probably butcher the heck out of her name, uh, Juju Mabatha Ra, who I guess was Tish Jones on Doctor Who. Again, I don't watch that show, so maybe Nico can enlighten us on her. But there's a character from Doctor Who that's going to be involved in this show. And it's a, and J.J. Abrams is back on this thing. 
So you know we're going to get some good programming on that, especially if he can stick to the strength that Alias had in the first two seasons. If he can play upon those types of things, this could be a really good show. My concern with this thing is, is I feel like it's a serious version of Chuck. And NBC is using this as a weapon to wash their hands of Chuck. Because I don't really feel like they're on board with Chuck all the way. They've never been since the beginning. Especially since they're only giving Chuck 13 episodes. So I think they're hoping that JJ can come in and wash them free of their Chuck problem. The thing is, Chuck's fans are so rabid and so addicted to it and want Chuck around so bad. I don't think it's going to work. I think they'll get J.J. Abrams fans, but I think people are going to be leery of this because they're not going to, they don't want to lose Chuck. Nico, do you think that this show is going to be a threat to Chuck? Or what's your thoughts on the show in general? I do, actually. And I, I, I posed the question in my notes here. Why would NBC air another show that is essentially the same mold as one of their most successful shows from last year. Now, Chuck was essentially one of their most successful shows, even though it was almost on the chopping block, because NBC had such an abysmal schedule last year that everything went the way of the chopping block, and Chuck, which barely skated by, according to some sources. Now they come out with a show that's essentially the same thing. I think you're exactly right. They're trying to get rid of Chuck for whatever reason. They don't think it's working well or doesn't have enough viewers. I'm really concerned because you and I are huge Chuck fans, as anyone who got into the show seems to be. And this show, like you said, might be a way for them to be like, oh, see, we gave you another show to watch, it's exactly like Chuck, but a little more serious. And that that concerns me a little bit. I was just saying, it's kind of a slap in the face to Chuck. NBC, they, I don't feel as a network, pay respect to the people that help them and make their network solid. The treatment of Cohen, I don't think was right. I know he told everyone not to be bitter about it, but I just don't think it was right. And I feel like they're doing the same thing to Chuck. Chuck pulled them out of the fire in terms of what was going on with their network. Their network was in big trouble. And again, Community was a show that played a big part of that. The Office did 30 Rack kept it afloat. But I think Chuck has done just as much as those shows have. And they should protect and guard that show and support it. And they just say, well, this doesn't fit our network. There's an executive there at that network that has an issue with the show. And he needs to get over it because this network is in trouble and they need all the help they can get. And yes, you know, it's J.J. Abrams and he's, he's hot right now with everything he's done. But I don't know. I just I feel like they, they have no respect for Chuck and they want to get more respectable writers and names in there like Jerry Bruckheimer with this Chase show and J.J. Abrams with this undercover show. But you said yourself, Chase had really bad red dialogue. So it was, it, it was atrocious. So why would you try to get rid of Chuck when I think is a, that's a pretty creative show for something like that? And I, did you see a trailer for Undercovers, Nico? I did. From the trailer, you can tell that this is going to have all the action that we've come to expect in a spy series. But maybe a little less of the sex appeal, since the ma- main characters are already married, there's not going to be that sexual tension that we saw with Chuck and Sarah, 
or any of the Bond movies, and you're not going to really want to work with your wife and see her working in a, using sex to get into a situation. So I think sex is going to be taken out of the show a little bit. I could be totally wrong with this, and they might use it. They do show in the preview or in the trailer a scene where they're about to jump out of an airplane and they're questioning whether or not this old friend of theirs could have done what what the agency is saying that he did. And she says right before she jumps out of the window, he could never have done that. And the husband goes, well, how do you know? And she goes and jumps out the plane and says, because I used to date him. And then he's like, what did she say? And there's some comedy there. But they might play things like that where it's past loves come in and it's hot and heavy. But really, I, I think it's going to be less sexual tension as in most spy things. That being said, this show looks very interesting. And if I had the time to add it to my week of television, I probably would give it a, a viewing at least a couple episodes to make a, a, a real firm decision on it. But I'm going to pass due to time constraints on this one. And I already have this show in my repertoire with Chuck, so yes. I don't think I need another one. I, I'm, scared, I'm scared to watch this show because of Chuck. Chuck, I think, is available to a much wider audience than other covers will be. Just because the buy more stuff that they have on Chuck is very unique and it's very fresh and new to television. And that supporting cast. I feel like Chuck is a combination of basic sitcom with the spy genre. And Undercovers is not going to be that. Yeah. And I think that's it's just not going to work. It's not going to work for me to watch it. And I know you're not going to get a fan base like you have with Chuck. Because no. Chuck is such a unique and different show. So I think exactly. you better suck it up and just let Chuck ride because it's, gonna, it's a good thing for your network. And yeah. I think if Chuck gets canceled, I think somebody else may pick it up though. That would be awesome. Now, one thing I did like about Undercovers was that it has two very strong African-American leads. And you haven't seen that really in the spy genre, having a black couple be the main characters. And I think that's a really great move on J.J.'s part and NBC's part to air this. Because it's good to see the black community getting a very strong character in the in the male lead and a, a strong black woman in the female lead played by Juju. Now, her role on Doctor Who was just as the sister of the companion in the third season when Martha Jones was the companion. And she only was in four episodes, but that's not to say that she doesn't have quite a bit of chops in the past. So, I'm excited for that, and I hope it's successful for that reason, but I do worry, like you've been saying this whole time, that it's going to be competition for Chuck and maybe the death of Chuck if if we're not careful. The good news on that front, though, is NBC a couple years ago, and I, again, I really like the show, but they, they ran two shows that were very similar. 30 Rock, which was behind the scenes at a variety-like television show, and Studio right. 60, which was a drama about a variety-type show. Now, what yep. happened was 30 Rock won. People wanted to see the comedic version. And I think that may happen here with Chuck. Yeah, that's a great point. But it's hard for me to say that because I don't wish anything ill on JJ. Because Lost and Fringe are great. And I, yeah, I don't want him to have a flop, but 
at the same time, I love Chuck just as much as I love Fringe. And I don't want to Ab- lose that show. Absolutely. The other issue we've got on Wednesday night is they're coming out with a show called Law & Order Los Angeles. And I honestly was at the point that I thought Law & Order was going to die with the cancellation of the original series. And now we've got this thing called Law & Order Los Angeles. And I'm just really sick of it. And on my script for this week's episode, I just wrote several question marks. Law & Order Los Angeles. Why? And Nico, why? <laughs> this is an abomination. I didn't even take the time to view the trailer for this pilot. Because I already know that I've seen this series. It's called Law and Order. Or was it Special Victims Unit? Or maybe it was Criminal Intent. The reason the original show failed was not because it was set in New York and people were sick of sick of that setting. No. They were sick of the show and its predictable, quote, Law and Order twist at the end. <sighs> Changing the setting to L.A. with new characters will buy this show a season or two before those who are tricked into watching that season or two finally realize it's the same show with a new setting and new faces. Don't fall for that trick. That's all I got to say. Yeah, it's it's just law and order. I know SBU is still solid, but they should just cut down on it and stop. Because I don't know if this is because they're worried about CBS, but CBS has plans of the work to get rid of CSI and those shows within the next two years. I don't know why NBC's trying this. Again, it just seems like it's a continuation of them making bad decisions. Absolutely. This is another another case of just poor planning or poor choices on the part of the executives. I saw a comedy video that tried to explain this, and it said that every time you kill a Law & Order series, it's like the Hydra. It, it sprouts two new heads. So it's kind of funny until it eventually engulfs the entire network and turns it kills the network from inside. So if NBC follows follows suit, they're going to kill themselves. I think it's more fitting if you said that it was like Tribbles since it's NBC. Yeah. <laughs> and their background was Star Trek. I think that would be funny to see. Yeah, exactly. It all started with a big bang. Alright, so we're going to move on to Thursday night, which is the big night on television right now. I don't know why it is, but that's how it goes. And my problem with Thursday night, which has been my problem for the last two years, is there is way too much on. And last year was especially bad. Thankfully this year is a little bit better. Last year was really bad because I was watching Flash Forward. I was watching Community, I was watching Vampire Diaries as research for one of my classes, I was watching Fringe and Supernatural Draw at the same time. It was crazy and it was really hard for my DVR that was about to explode and I couldn't watch these shows when I wanted to watch them and it just, it was a mess. And I just, I really upset this deal's kind of happening again. But what it's happening on, it's happening at the 7 o'clock slot on Thursday. Two of the shows we will be discussing on this podcast. So that makes things even more complicated. Basically, Big Bang Theory, Community, and Bones are all going to be on at the same time. 
I've been watching Bones. I'm almost to the second season. I really enjoy it. I'm looking forward to watching the show in the fall when I get caught up. Big Bang, same situation. And I love community. I think community is hilarious. Especially uh, Ken Jeong, who plays Senior Chang on the show. He cracks me up. I love that guy. I do too. So I want to watch all three of these shows. They're all at the same time. So I'm going to have to drop one on the DVR. And I, I really don't want to hurt any of these shows' ratings because I thoroughly enjoy all of them. So I'm really not happy with that whole concept at 7 o'clock. Yeah, unfortunately, Community loses in that battle for me and becomes the show I either have to dump from my lineup or download and watch later. Yeah, and that's the same with me. So it's unfortunate, and that happens sometimes. But Yeah, I just hope it doesn't kill it because, honestly, that's a great show. That's one of the shining lights, along with Chuck, that's been on NBC this year. That was probably their second biggest success out of this year. So the fact that that's going to get dropped, that's not a good thing. And they may get canned, which is a shame, because I really like all the actors involved in that show. But I also really like all the actors involved with Big Bang as well. That's true. <laughs> so it's like, uh And the other thing is, I feel like it's the same deal that we had last year. I thought Fringe and Supernatural had the same fan base. And I thought that was dumb that they put them on at the same time. And I think that Big Bang Theory and Community have the same fan base. So why put them, put them up against each other when they both could equally have the same amount of viewers every week? So it makes no sense. I don't know why they're competing with each other. I don't know if CBS decided to do that or they're just trying something new. I know they moved Survivor to Wednesday, which is new. And they're just going to see how things work. We'll see what happens. The other thing is Big Bang could move somewhere else. I think they've got enough of an audience that they could move it around and go different places. But Big Bang is up for the Emmy this year, I think. There's a big talk of that. So I think they're doing it to fight, go up against 30 Rock. But I think what they should do is they should put Big Bang and 30 Rock out at the same time. Because Big Bang Theory is funnier than 30 Rock, and I think we'll beat it in ratings if they put them out at the same time. Okay. That That's my opinion. I don't know if people could argue with me on that, on the blog or whatever, but that's what I think. And the 8 o'clock slot, Fringe has got that locked up. They've got they've got it locked now because Grays is on. That show is so ridiculous, it's not even funny. And it's going up against Fringe, and Fringe is solid. Got great lead characters on that show. Except for Olivia, I'm on the fence with her. You've heard that. But uh, I think that show, especially where they're going with the alternate reality and a lot of new imaginative concepts that we haven't seen before on television, I think it's going to rock the world on Thursday night, and it's going to be really good. What's your thought, Nico? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. Fringe will be one of the best shows on Thursday night. I'd say one of the best because I also like Bones, right. and I can't say Fringe is, is necessarily better than Bones in my mind. But those two shows are going to rock Thursday night without a doubt. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to dominate my 8 o'clock, 7 central slot. It's going to be what I watch either live or on 30-minute tape delay, because then you don't have to watch commercials. And as we discussed in our season finale episode, Fringe looks to have some amazing episodes for next next year. And I, really, I, I can't wait for it to start up again in the, in the fall. I'm psyched for Fringe. I can't wait. I'm psyched for Thursday nights on Fox. It's a great yeah, night absolutely. for them, and I think they're going to dominate that night. And Fringe, for sure, the reason why I say that Fringe is going to dominate is... I feel like Big Bang and Community will give Bones some competition. But I think in terms of the 8 o'clock slot, Fringe has got that locked. Yeah, you're absolutely right that the, 
those two shows are going to maybe drop some of Bones' numbers. But as for quality of shows, I think those two, Bones and Fringe, Fox has got the best night of the week. I know NBC's got their comedy lineup with a, an additional show, Outsourced, which is playing off of the success of The Office and Parks and Recreations. I don't know if that's going to be any good, but it, it has potential. And then CBS is coming out with, with a new show we're not really going to jump into too much about, but it's Shit My Dad Says, which is going to start William Shatner as the foul mouth father, which is going to be hilarious. If you have paid attention to the Twitter stream or the blog that evolved out of that or read the book that evolved out of the blog, you'll be a fan of this TV show, I think. And that's all I had to really say about that show. Well, but, I think yeah. that show will be rock solid, too. Sure. I, th- I think that'll work really well. I think that's going up against 30 Rock. And that may hold its own pretty well. Especially with Shatner there. He makes people laugh. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially fans of Boston Legal. I think we'll pick that up because he's hilarious on that show. Also, we've got two new shows coming on. CW's got a new show that they're going to put on Thursday night in their coveted spot that was dominated by Supernatural. They got their highest ratings in that slot, so I don't know why they're trying this, but... Uh, the head of CW's, her whole thing is she wants women who kick butt. That's the motto for this network now. And so we've got a new show coming in called Nikita. The problem with Nikita is it sounds like he would target with a female. Because the show is basically a female citizen taking revenge on a former employer. Now I know it's based on a movie that has a pretty good cult following, so that may help things a little bit. But I feel like I'm watching Human Target with a female. You're absolutely right about that. I have it in my notes. This show looks like it could be a strong new series for the CW, but it looks like it's a female version of Human Target on the CW instead of Fox. Now, also, this is a this is a remake of the Canadian TV series La Femme Nikita, which was right. canceled twice in 2000 and 2001 because they had uh, a Chuck, or rather a Jericho, attack on the network to get it back on the, the airwaves. And they were successful for a half season. But this time, the main character of Nikita will be played by Maggie Q. You, you probably recognize her. She was the girlfriend of Timothy Oliphant in Live Free or Die Hard. She was in Mission Possible 3. And way back in Rush Hour 2, which I'm not a fan of the Rush Hour series, <laughs> but she was, in, she was in that movie as well. Now, I won't be watching this show only because it is on at the same time as is it it's on at the same time as fringe right yes because vampire divers is on at seven right and fringe bones and the mentalist already take up my thursday night you add in big bang theory and the new shatner series and my thursday night is is way over packed as you said in the beginning there's just too much to watch i can't add another series that it looks like it's going to be a quality series, but it's not enough to, to draw my interest into it. And I'm already watching Human Target on Friday, and like we said, it's very similar premise. I think CW would have a better chance of holding their own if they left Supernatural where it was. But again, at the same time, the fact that Supernatural and Fridge had the same fans, it might have been a good idea that they moved it. And we'll yes. talk about where they moved Supernatural in just a minute. But I think that might have worked out. But, again, CW's got it locked with the Vampire Diaries. Critics like it. I've watched most of it. 
it is a very well-structured show. It's got a little bit of the romance stuff. It's, it's a little bit Dawson's Creek-ish. But again, it's got the vampire aspect, so it helps. Sure. But it's got a solid audience watching it. And it's a, it's a younger audience that's probably than what's watching Bones. But it'll give Bones a pretty good fight. And it did last year, too. So the rage for that show, I think it'll give it a little bit of a run. And it's got a, it's got a pretty good critic following, and it's got a pretty good fan following. So that's going to be a part of things, too. And also, they're saying that Vampire Diaries was part of the reason why Flash Forward got the lower rating, that a lot of people were turning to that, and it really hurt Flash Forward really bad. So that's an interesting, interesting. thing, too. Yeah. And one more new show we're going to bring up real quick is a show called Love Bites. It's a romantic comedy show. The reason why I mention it is Nico really likes Jennifer Love Hewitt, who I think is going to be guest starring on a couple episodes. So he may or may not check that out. I don't know. What's your yeah. thoughts on that one? Well, as you said, I'm an unapologetic Jennifer Love Hewitt fan. She is my number one on my It's Not Cheating Celebrity Freebie list. You know the list I'm talking about. The one from Friends Episode 5 of Season 3. Yeah, I had to look that up. Yeah. She tops my list and has since the mid-90s, back when she was on Party of Five. And she's only going to be guest starring on this show, and maybe only in the pilot. I know she plays a big role in the pilot, but she, I still don't think that's enough for me to watch this show. I do love one of the lead actresses that plays the main one of the main characters, and that's Jordana Spiro from My Boys. And I loved her in that show. And she was a, a recurring character on JAG for like seven or eight episodes back in the day. All that being said, this show did not pique my interest enough to add it to an already packed night. I might wait till Christmas, and if it's still on the air, that's a big if. I might catch it on Hulu. Okay, but if you guys love romantic comedy, check that show out. You're more than welcome to. All right, I think it's time to move on to Friday night. big thing we've got going on with Friday Night is Smallville and Supernatural are back as the one-two punch that they once were on Thursday nights, which I'm excited about. There was something always missing when Smallville would end on Friday night, and there was no Supernatural to back it up. One of my favorite things in television watching for about four years was watching Smallville and then staying and watching Supernatural. That was great. It was like going to the drive-in movie and having two really great movies that I was excited to watch every week. So I loved Thursday nights for Smallville Supernatural. I'm glad they're back. I think they really lead well to each other. They've got a lot of the same fans. I think it's great that they're back. It's going to be a great ratings night, I think, for... I know it's Friday, but I think it's going to be pretty solid for them doing that. The issue with it, though, and I don't get why this is happening. I don't know why... It was allowed to happen, but Human Target is going to be on at the same time as Smallville. And then Supernatural is going to be on at the same time as the new show that just premiered, The Good Guys. Which I heard is pretty good, and it's got some good actors on it. And I don't know why this is happening this way. Especially since Human Target and Smallville are both produced by DC Comics. And their new department that's dedicated to film and also television shows. And I don't know why 
that they would put both of their properties against each other in competition. It makes no sense. If I was DC Comics, I would want to put those shows on different nights to do that. Again, it might be out of their hands. It might be a whole network thing. But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And honestly, Smallville, with the hype that it's got, with Season 10 and Clark possibly flying and all that stuff, I think it's going to put the nail in the coffin for Human Target. I really do. And I think they've got the same audience. But I know for sure I'm going to watch Smallville over that. And I know several people that well. I don't know if that was the best move for them. And I like Human Target, but I don't know. I think it's in trouble. Nico, where are you with that? I'm right with you on this. I think it's unfortunate for both shows, or all four shows in a sense, because Friday can easily be the kiss of death to a show. It wasn't for Smallville, thank goodness. But especially new shows or young shows like... Human Target and The Good Guys, this could be the death of both of those shows, especially since two established shows are moving to those time slots, or Super Supernatural is moving into the time slot. I think that this could be the death of both of those shows. And it's unfortunate because I like both of these, these new shows, Human Target and The Good Guys. Yeah. And if you're not watching the summer season of The Good Guys, start immediately because I'm enjoying it, and really, what else is there to do? It's the summer, there's not many shows on. So, start watching it. But, time will tell with uh, the Friday night treatment for these two shows, whether it's successful, or whether what more than likely will happen, since Smallville and Supernatural are already established there, it's going to be the death of these shows, and that's unfortunate, because both of them are, are quality shows with good, good actors and a good audience, I think. Now, Smallville and Supernatural will not, will not be hurt because they have such loyal and avid fans yes. that they'll, stay, they'll either stay in to watch them on Friday nights or, at minimum, DVR the shows. And DVR is, is now being considered by networks as a part of the ratings. So, Right, I agree with that. Supernatural has a very big fan following, especially by college students. Yeah. So I see that... Hang it out till Supernatural's over, and then going out to party. I see them planning party nights around watching Supernatural and things like that. So it may work out for them. I hope so. Supernatural is very close. I I think it as the season ended, Vampire Diaries was number one, but Supernatural was a very close second to the highest rated show on the CW network. I okay. think with that viewership, it'll be okay. But I, I don't know, Friday, I feel like the right r- ratings tend to go down. Now, this is the thing. Smallville's been on for a while. I understand why they moved it to Friday. And, and again, its numbers went up on Friday. But it's lost numbers, which happens. I mean, if it shows on for 10 seasons, your, your audience is going to diminish as it goes through. And it's not been bad, and the show's been consistently pretty good. I'd say season 6 and 7 is where they lost a lot of their viewers. And the yeah. last couple seasons have been an uprising for their numbers on that show. And their audience. I think they've got a lot of their audience back. And it may be more so this year because I think everyone's going to want to know, well, how does this show end? How do they work all this stuff out? I think their numbers are maybe go even higher, especially with Absolute Justice. Absolute Justice was a great thing for that show and showed a lot of comic book fans who came back to Smallville that, whoa, this thing's pretty good and they're writing this really well and how is this going to work when... Clark Kent that we followed for 10 years becomes Superman. Supernatural Season 6, though, I'm a little bit scared of it. They're doing a time jump 
and Eric Kripke, who's the lead writer, head writer of Supernatural, is taking a step back. And I remember when Joss Whedon took a step back with Buffy, season four wasn't all that great. I'm worried Supernatural is going to get the classic season six slump, which happens for a lot of shows. Again, I said Smallville had a weak season six. 24 had a weak season six. So now Supernatural starting from scratch and having to create a whole new story. And who knows how much longer they're going to be on. They may have seven seasons. I don't know. Right now it's at full throttle. But I can see their audience going down. And with the BF Friday night, it might be even worse. I don't know. And the other thing that kind of scares me is I feel like CW is trying to change their image. They're trying to get away from being that network that had Buffy and Angel at one point when they were the WB. They're trying to get rid of these fantasy-like shows. They want more teen drama. And they're really trying to force this. So I feel like they're shoving Smallville Supernatural on Friday night like they're the black sheep of the network. Like they want to hide them and say, this isn't our image, so that's why we're putting it on Friday night. We're hiding them away. And I don't know. Nico, what are you thinking on some of those statements I made there? I agree that this, when the CW, when it emerged from the com combination of the WB and what was the other network? Uh, UPN. UPN. When they... When they came together and formed the CW, they did take on a new appearance and a new focus. And you're right on Smallville and Supernatural seem to be on the outside of that new focus on the new shows and everything. Although, with some of the new additions, that Nikita show and a couple of the other ones that they're bringing in over the last year or so, yeah. it, they are bringing back a little more action or a little more little less than just just teen drama so i'm not sure if it if it's necessarily we're hiding our outliers on friday but it could be it could be or they're trying to you know they're wrapping up smallville and they don't want it eating up one of their pristine spots in the middle of the week i think that that might be a, the case more than they're they're ashamed that it doesn't fit their new network uh, appearance but I like, I like the thought. Well, I, I'm just glad Supernatural and Smallville are back together. I think they fit very well with each other. I totally agree with that. Now that I've started watching in about two and a half seasons through that show. The other thing, though, is the only thing that makes me a little leery about it is the effects that Supernatural back paired with Smallville will have on the series finale. Because the fact that Smallville was by itself alone on Friday night allowed them to have that space to be able to do Absolute Justice, which was a two-hour movie episode. And I feel like Smallville at least needs to have their series finale be two hours. Or or they may do a Justice League episode to wrap up those characters for a two-hour episode. And do you think Supernatural being there is their way of saying, that's not going to happen again? Or is it going to be Supernatural? What, what happened last year was Supernatural started before Smallville did. So they're going to not put Supernatural on for a week to do a two-hour finale for Smallville or a two-hour episode. I don't know how that's all going to work. Do you think that Supernatural being there is going to stop those type of things from happening with Smallville? I don't. I think what you just said with starting Supernatural a week early, so its finale is, if it's only a single episode finale or if they break it up to two, week, two weeks like they have in the past couple seasons, then that'll work for, for Smallville finishing up a week later 
and having a two-hour episode to, as a series finale, I think I think that's a very smart choice and is more than likely what they will do to make it all work. I don't think it's going to be a problem that they can't do what they want to do because they could either have a break for Supernatural in the middle of this season or they might go to break a week earlier than Smallville does because they start a week earlier. They could do a two-hour at the at the uh, mid-season break as well if they need to. And I think you'll be fine because you already had Supernatural go to its break the week before and it's not like you're dropping it off to put Smallville on for two hours. I think either of those options are are really a, a good one for the CW to, to use. Oh yeah, I, I, I strongly agree with that. And I, I'm excited for Friday night. Friday night's a big night I'm looking forward to on TV, believe it or not. Which is interesting. And, again, these shows have a lot of college students following it. So I think they're going to go and sit and watch this and then go out and party and things like that. So it'll exactly. be okay. And, actually, hopefully it'll help the Sci-Fi Channel out. I don't know when they air their things, but if they have a show on at 9 o'clock, I think these two shows is a great lead-in to help out Sci-Fi Channel with their night of Sci-Fi television. Yeah, I think Sanctuary's in that slot in the fall. Okay. If it comes back at that point. Yeah, we'll see We'll see on that one. Okay. All right, everyone. We're going to wrap things up now for this week. And next week, what we've got coming down the pipe, and then we're going to talk about the week after as well because we've got some exciting things coming. Next week, we're going to talk about Nico's experience of watching Supernatural so far in watching that show and my experience with watching Bones as well as Big Bang Theory. So next week, we're going to kind of give you the insight on what it's like for us people who get caught up on a show, watching it on DVD and our whole experience with that. And we're just going to talk about just how cool these shows are and how much we enjoy them. And then the following week, we're going to do an episode focused on two major films that came out. The A-Team, which actually I saw on Friday, and I really much so enjoyed. And we're also going to talk about probably the biggest blockbuster film of the summer that's going to encompass a lot of people, which is Toy Story 3. Talk about Nico and I are going to talk about our experiences with watching both of those films two weeks from now. Next week, just to recap, we're going to have a discussion on Supernatural, Bones, and Big Bang Theory. And then the following week, we're going to talk about A-Team and Toy Story 3. Stick with the show. We've got some great things coming, and I'm sure those discussions will be really enjoyable, especially after how well our Iron Man 2 discussion went last week. Also, for those of you that want to keep enjoying the experience of Across the Airwaves during the week, you can contact us at our email address, across the airwaves at gmail.com you can also check us out on twitter and our username is across airwaves there's no the on that there's across airwaves so you can visit the twitter and you can also check out the blog on our website and comment on that at across the airwaves.com so check those places out you can contact us all there probably the best way if you got a question or anything is to send us an email at across the airwaves.com also on the website www.acrosstheairways.com there are links to the email and Twitter so you can easily access us through there. And also we have a voicemail. And if any of you call that voicemail we will probably most likely play your voicemail on air. And Nico, what's that number again? That's 773-809-3363 Yeah, so give us a call and we may play um, your stuff online. For next week if you want to say something about Supernatural Bones, go ahead and give us a call. Also, if you have something to say about your experience watching Toy Story 3 
or 18, feel free to give us a call and go ahead. And with that, once again, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Nico Rustic. And until next week, we'll catch you on the airwaves. We now return to our regularly scheduled program.